Welcome to the Bold and Brave podcast. I'm your host, Hope, actress and energy therapist. And I'm here to remind you that your failure is your success, that finding your power is the most attractive quality a person can have, and that loving yourself first is the sexiest kind of love. Each week, I'll be speaking with leaders from around the globe to uncover the potential that really does lie within us. I'm really excited to to hear. I do have one question though. Like I, I like to ask everyone before I start. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. The cackle is there. <laughs> the cackle is there. <laughs> there it is. Oh god. <laughs> no, that was not. Yes, Dean. Oh, See, we all have a we all have it in a cackle. Yeah. I'm gonna turn this off. So the question is, uh, have you ever had Vegemite on toast? So with bacon, ooh, and okay. Eggs. So I, I'm a lover of marmite. Like oh. my whole life, it's always been marmite. I, and I went vegetarian a year ago, year ago. So like I can't eat marmite anymore. Which is why? Painful. What's in marmite? It's got like beef extract in it or something. <laughs> yeah, is it actually? Yeah, beef extract. Does yeah. it have well, that's in- why they have Vegemite. Oh. <laughs> Welcome, yeah. everyone. Um, Actually, you know what? That's really funny that I ask everyone that question. I didn't even know that. Yeah. I'm doubting myself now, but that's what I think. Yeah, well, it makes sense. Veggie might. Yeah. Because it's all what? There's yeah. no, ana- like, meat products in it. Yeah, I don't really know. But I don't like the taste of Vegemite, unfortunately. But I used to have Marmite with everything. Cheese on toast, eggs and cheese on toast, eggs and Marmite on toast. Just not eggs, bacon, just avocado on toast and Vegemite. Yeah, probably all of that as well. But just not Vegemite. <laughs> no, Vegemite. Would have been the real deal. <laughs> <laughs> That's okay. Well, I've learned something today. And that is that Marmite it has beef extract in it. Vegemite does not. Well done, Hope. She's also Australian and doesn't understand what extracts are in Vegemite. Good job. So tell me, Dee, what brought you to Whistler? Like, where are you from? Where did you grow up? I feel like I don't even really know this information about you. Yeah, so I'm from England, like the south coast of England, near the seaside. Yeah. Um, yeah, I grew up there. Uh, well, I was actually born in Bristol. So when I was, like, teeny tiny, I had a really silly little, like, summer set. <laughs> had a what? A summer set. <laughs> I don't think I actually did. I was, like, just learning to talk, so. Um, but, yeah, um, and then we moved to the south coast when I was, like, five four five or something mm-hmm. um yeah and lived there pretty much my whole life um until 2015 where i 16 2016 mm-hmm. where i went traveling yeah yeah i lived in london for a little bit as well when i was at uni um i lived there for three years but it wasn't for me i'm not a big city girl mm-hmm. at all mm-hmm. i'm in whistler <laughs> yeah i think I, I think a lot of people that are in whistler have that same mentality like the city it's a nice place to go to when you want to get out of the bubble and just like be like, okay, something fresh, I can do this for a day. And then it's like, okay, I'm out because it's just not for everyone. It is very overwhelming, especially when you live somewhere that's so chilled and laid back. This is exactly like, I'm like the town I'm from is like, it's really nice. It's a beautiful place. It's a really nice place to grow up. But obviously Mm -hmm. when you spend too long in one place, it just gets a little bit like, um, yeah, like you're in a box. Um, And so yeah, it was really, yeah. And it was really nice to like, 
move away for three years. And I'm glad I did it at the age that I did because I was I was 20, 21, 22 um, for like three years when I was there. So obviously I was like loving partying and like getting my glad rags on, put my heels on and everything, going out in London, <laughs> feeling like all like, oh, I'm so grown up. Um, but yeah, like I couldn't do it do it long time like lots of my friends still live in London um, mm-hmm. and it's really nice to like go and visit them but yeah. I always loved that whole like ah, I'm going back home now <laughs> like, yeah. peace yeah. bye it was just instantly like you'd get up I'd get off the train and I just instantly feel like angry <laughs> like, I don't know what it is it's just yeah. like there's just too many people feels claustrophobic it's just not for me some people thrive off that or is yeah. I like the opposite I'm like give me green fields and yeah space do you find that you're quite um intuitive though I don't know if that's the right word but or sensitive to other people's energies mm, yeah definitely yeah definitely. and everyone's on a mission that everyone's on a mission so like yeah. no one's looking you in the eye um and you know or just barge past you in the street and all that kind of stuff and I don't know I feel like I'm painting it like a stereotype like I'm sure there's plenty of places in London that like oh, all over the world and amazing but just generally in cities like we moved to Vancouver because we thought it was like a bit of an in-between city mm-hmm. um so like it had the mountains and everything it was pretty small as yeah. cities go yeah um and um but would still have like better job opportunities mm. um but yeah even that I was just I we lived in like a suburb and I never left that suburb like <laughs> I went to downtown Vancouver like once a month maybe yeah like I yeah we lived there for a month when we first arrived um and just before we found out our like long-term home yeah and um honestly I like despise every second of it it's just like noise so much noise so many sirens and like yeah. the smell yeah and the crazy the, people yeah. at, like two o'clock in the morning screaming and yeah it, it was a little, a little bit too much a little bit too much for me I like my little suburb by the, again I was by the beach in Kits like just just living this big city life and not really in the city at all <laughs> and we go into the city about once a month yeah. yeah 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 I was very much the same and even when I lived in a big city I I did that I actually found myself doing something very similar not really what's the word um not showcasing but like not really using the city to my best advantage maybe like what it's there for I had so much I had I was I had access to so many things Mm. but at no interest yeah whatsoever I was like I'm just happy in my little square patch here yeah I don't really want to go over there yeah yeah I think like for me like the things I'm interested in which like I don't know I feel like my my PE teachers or gym teachers at school yeah. would like honestly not recognize me now. <laughs> like Very different. I was, I was the girl at school who was skipping PE to like go smoke behind the shed and like, <laughs> yeah, literally I, I just was really not like Into interested it. in anything like that. And um, it was when I was at uni, I started running. I was like writing my dissertation. Obviously it's a lot of like reading mm-hmm. and it's like, 10,000 words or something I had to write um and yeah there's just so much indoor time mm. that um I and my flat back to Richmond Park which was this beautiful park in Romden mm. um like green space with those like deer and trees and stuff um and um so I used to just go running like once a day to just get out and like not be thinking about like the work and stuff yeah and it just 
changed honestly like changed everything for me like I you know I was so unfit like when I first started running I could run for like two minutes max and then I'd have to walk yeah and then two you minutes now? and then I'd have to walk <laughs> yeah but honestly like and then two years ago I ran a marathon so like what? and that's in like you know it's over eight years or whatever but like literally if that girl back doesn't then doesn't matter you would, ran a marathon yeah, exactly that girl back then would have had no clue she was like ready to give up after like two minutes <laughs> <laughs> <A> fancy yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah but it just it honestly like the endorphins gave me in the like mind space it gave me to right. like breathe and just not have to think about anything I'd put like Beyonce on and like imagine I'm Beyonce on stage <laughs> like suddenly the time would fly by yeah exactly um yeah so um yeah it was amazing and then how do I get onto this train of thought about running <laughs> well coming we? to Whistler and then actually no way to <laughs> See, this is what happens to the videos where I don't plan it. Because I was like, I know there was a point to Anything that. comes up. Well, just going back to what you were saying about, like, running and how that, um, like, you found, like, a sense of, like, relief, oh. I guess. So when you, like, what made you start running in the first place so you could get out of, just so you could, like, yeah. for when I, you were working, just so you could just. My mind was just, like, I, like. It was, it's one of those, like, I think so many people have this problem, especially when you're at school and uni and stuff, where you end up having to, like, read and you have deadlines and all this kind of stuff. And it's not until, like, the week before that you actually start writing your essay. Oh, my God, <laughs> because, yes. Because you're, like, you're just procrastinating, procrastinating, yeah. procrastinating. So I'd sit there. I'd sit there on my computer and, like, type, like, the title. <laughs> and then I'd be like, okay, dot, time dot, for dot. a cup of tea. <laughs> And, you know, and then you waste, like, hours of your day just not actually achieving mm. anything. Mm. And obviously being a student as well, we couldn't afford heating. So I'm there in, like, 15 layers, <laughs> like, blankets all wrapped right up. up. Yeah. And, um, yeah, and it was just, I don't know, it, like, backing onto the park. Like, I love gr- big green spaces, like, mm. what I'm all about. So, yeah, yeah it was just... Uh, oh, and my housemate at the time, that was it. My housemate was a runner. And okay. so she was, like... She didn't go running with me, but she, like, gave me tips and just started, like, you know, yeah, like, helping me, like, you know, even little things, like, t- t- telling me how to, like, run through a stitch, like, if I got a stitch, yeah, um, telling me to, like, exhale mm-hmm. on the breath out, no, exhale when I put that foot down on that side, and all, I don't know, all these little tips she gave me, that made no sense. When you run? <laughs> yeah. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. If you've um, got a stitch. Yeah, so if you get a stitch, she was saying, like, so whatever side it's on, so say it's on your yeah. right side. Yeah. Um, every time you put your right, like, right foot down yeah. to exhale, um, that to be your exhale, and it helps you get rid of the stitch. I don't know if it's, like, a mindset thing or, a, like, it actually works, but yeah. it worked. Like, yeah. So, yeah. I never knew that. That's really cool. Not that I run, but... <laughs> If I was to You're start running, running again, yeah. yeah, like, what well, giving me all these tips? And now I feel like when I want to clean my head, I'm gonna go for a run. That's kind of, yeah, that makes sense. Like, um, so t- explain to me how, like, obviously we've been chatting, and I know that you know you've come to me and said, you know, this is what I'm into, and I really like to would really to have like more of a conversation about mental health, and I think now is also. Um, a really good time to talk about it, especially the world that we live in with social media and um, the way that 
the world is perceived and the way, you know, we make our life look to other people as to what's actually really happening on the inside. For those of us that are capable of like separating the two, um, it's, I I guess it's okay, but for, well, it's not okay, but it's, if, if we are able to separate the two, then we can still function that way. But it's also, I think, causing a lot of stress, anxiety, Um, questions and um, like disturbance almost in for for people that are seeing that definitely like I I think um I I don't even think anyone anyone can really uh, detach themselves from the two like you know it's like even if you acknowledge it like like I still like I'll I I know where so my yoga practice for example so I follow loads of like yogis on Instagram and stuff like that and like I love watching them and it motivates me to Mm. be like oh I want to try that pose I want to try that pose but then like um you know I know that they've been practicing for 10 years and you know I don't know anything about their life outside of that Mm. little square box that I've just looked at them Mm. um but I still can't help but, you know, get jealous and, you know, all that kind of stuff. And I think, you know, it's what you're saying, the way people present themselves and everything. I think social media has a lot to answer for. Like, it's amazing in so many ways to connect people, like, yeah. around the world. Um, and, um, and like I said, motivate and, you know, just so – and spread the word, like, of, you know, climate change and all these big things that you're seeing. Like, social mm. media has a huge positive impact in some ways, but – such a huge negative impact and others like there's sometimes that I just I wish I could just bring myself to delete it but like don't um you just get so attached I think well I think in saying that too it's a little bit it become you feel like if you're not connected to the social media world that you're almost left out yeah you're left out of the loop like and and not that you want to be a part of it all the time but even just connecting with people because that seems to be the way that people are connecting these days. So it's like, well, if I don't have Facebook or Instagram, how's anyone going to get a hold of me? Yeah. Well, it's very interesting, actually. I um, When I was in New Zealand, um, we we were hiking, like, every weekend. We were in the mountains every weekend. We were paddleboarding, doing so many incredible things. Like, every weekend mm. I was posting something on Instagram. And um, and a friend of mine messaged me the other day just being like, you don't seem to be doing any fun stuff anymore. <laughs> like, <laughs> How's your life going? I was like, you're right I'm not posting anything on Instagram anymore it's like I don't even know if it's like I've lost the enthusiasm or um maybe I'm just not doing as much stuff anymore I don't know but um I mean I'm probably not I work a lot at the moment (laughs) 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 um welcome to Whistler Live but it is literally it's like people back home you know I've been away from home for nearly four nearly four years in March um you know that's how they keep and you know because like that's not my friends even if we didn't message like Mm. every day of course um you know that's how we keep on top of what everyone's doing in their lives yeah it's it's through what we're posting really yeah um otherwise we wouldn't (laughs) wouldn't have a clue um so yeah it's it's again yeah very very good in that way to to keep you connected but mm-hmm. yeah I think it um people can get I don't know just a bit lost with it um I think it, it I you read a lot of these things that's saying like you know if if you read a post or something that like doesn't make you feel good like you should instantly unfollow that person yeah like you should only be following people that 
bring like a positive sensation Lift or positive you feeling. Yeah. Mm. Um, you know, and those positive feelings can be motivation to make a change or like mm. a kick up the butt to do something that you've been wanting to do. But, mm. um, you know, if you're, if you're staring at these squares being like, Oh, I wish I could go travel the world or oh, I wish I could do this yoga pose or oh, I don't know, like all these things like that make you wish but then feel negative about the fact that you're not doing those things it's yeah I don't think it's positive like you know like you've got to live your life not like some life that's posted on little squares yes someone's phone yes I agree and I think because I mean you might disagree with me but I the way I see human beings sometimes well in most people is we're copycats yeah so we always want to either do one better mm. or try and reach the level that we can see that someone's either being accepted or praised yeah. or, um, you know, like even people that are in the limelight, it's like, okay, so now this is what's trending. And it's yeah. like if we took all that away, if there was no such things as magazines, yeah. if there was no social media, if there was no, you know, the bubble butts in and now the the cheekbones are in and the lips are in and the big eyebrows are in. Like if there was no in, what would we all look like? And would we, like, would we look in the mirror and go, I need to change this, I need to change that, I don't look like Kim Kardashian, I don't look like Jennifer Aniston. It's like, well, and they also don't look like Dee McQueen and they don't look like Hope Devaney. So we are the best. So (laughs) (laughs) don't have to tell us twice. I mean, me and Jen sat next to each other. Jen Madison, you know, who are they going to choose? <laughs> oh, just didn't want to let her down. I just said, Jen, just close, close your ears. It's going to hurt. Sting, little sting. A bit like a, you know, like an injection, but the flu. Um, yeah, and I, and I think, like, that's where we get stuck because there are so many people, including myself, that is trying to end yourself. Like, there's a lot of us. that are using these platforms to pick people up and show people that they're loved and how to love and how to appreciate yourself Mm -hmm. and not compare yourself with other people or what other people are doing and and learn how to look at yourself in the mirror and say to yourself, I love you. I couldn't say that for three years. Like I couldn't even look in a mirror. I was like, oh, fuck no, not doing it. That is just like stupid. I'm not doing it. One, because I don't love myself. And two, why Why am I looking in the mirror and telling myself yeah. this? Why isn't somebody else saying it to me? Yeah. Okay, well, that's a light bulb right there yeah. if you're waiting for validation from another yeah. person. You can't you're even look yourself get it. in the eye. <laughs> and how the hell anyone else going to love you? As, yeah. uh, what's he say? Uh, what's his name? RuPaul? If, no. <laughs> <laughs> no, I know he's mean, but I don't watch it. Oh. <laughs> So he says, if you can't love yourself, who the, who the hell, who, how are you going to love anybody else or something like that? Um, that's, that's where I think we get trapped and we start making comparisons and then the snowball starts happening. Yeah. You know, it's like, oh, okay, well, now when I'm on Snapchat, I, ha- I have to use a filter, otherwise people are going to think I'm ugly. Yeah. If I don't smooth my skin, now they're going to know how old I am and yeah. think, oh, you look a bit worn out. Yeah. Um, you know, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. And that's where they get us. And I think yeah. that's where... Um, it's really important to be talking about this and how um, mental health is. I think we're definitely raising the bar and we're having more discussions about it, but Mm -hmm. I'm interested to hear, you know, your side and and your story and your journey and how it's inspired you to go 
to be here and to me now be like, okay, this is what I've experienced and I want to share that with you. And to be honesty, like (laughs) I was thinking about it last night and I got really emotional because I read, um, I read your bio that you sent me and I was thinking about you and I thought, you know what, D is, I'm trying to say it without getting really emotional, (laughs) but you are the reason, well, you know, the reason why I, it's people like you, it's the reason why I started this podcast because you are brave and you are bold and you're coming forward and saying, I want to share my, my life experience. And when you haven't had it yourself, it's easy for me on the outside to say, great, wonderful, come on in. Mm. But when you've lived something and you're now opening up that space to someone and you're sharing your story with someone else, Mm. that's brave. And that's, that's what I'm looking for in people. Mm. So thank you yeah. for, um, for you know, stepping up and, and stepping forward and saying, okay, like I want to I wanna share my story mm. in the hope to help and ins- inspire and just have a chat, like just yeah. real fucking talk. Yeah. No more Instagram, no more fake photos. Like none of you, sorry, none of you look that good. <laughs> none of you. We're human beings. <laughs> We're all ugly sometimes. <laughs> Fucking deal with it. I got such a big spot. Like, I'm really glad this is right. like a video. video. Right. <laughs> I've also got a grey eyelash. A grey eyelash? Is yep. that even a thing? <laughs> Apparently. One. One grey eyelash. Can I get that surgically removed? <laughs> so let's go back a bit. Tell me. Yeah. I know where you've grown up. I know where you've gone. But tell me about D. I I want to know yeah. your journey and what inspired you to to be in this room today? Yeah, so I am, um, um, like, I don't think I even really realised it until a few years ago um, that um, where it all really began. Because, I like, I, I went, when I went to uni, I studied psychology. I already had an interest in, mm. like, that kind of stuff anyway. When I was 16, I was in a, an accident um, with two friends and one of them um, sadly passed away um, and the other one um, was in a coma um, for a little while but she luckily survived and um, is now living a wonderful life. She's got a little baby as well now. Um, Which again I've seen from Facebook like don't keep in touch with her much anymore but you know you see those things. Yeah Mm -hmm. Um, and um, anyway yeah so after that I think which again, didn't realize at the time, but I think what I was going through was a bit of PTSD. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, the stage of grief that I got really stuck in was anger. Right. Um, and um, yeah, it went like uh, quite a few months went by, um, just like this really angry little teenage human mm-hmm. running around. Mm-hmm. Um, and eventually ended up going to see um, a um, counselor um, that um, my mom and my stepdad sorted because um, he he worked for the police, so he um, had links to like um, a counselor who did counselling with policemen for like trauma and stuff like that. So oh, okay, like, yeah, um, it was like pretty relevant. Mm-hmm. Um, so anyway, I saw her for a little bit, and just yeah, it wasn't like a long term thing, um, but um, I just found it very very helpful to kind of ground me again. Um, and obviously at 16, you've got so many frigging emotions flying around anyway, like yeah. without something like that. So I think, um, like, yeah, it was, it was just very helpful. She was just really like, when I think back to her now, she, I was pretty sure she must've been a witch. Like she, 
she went with like pretty much attended to Hannah, like crystals <laughs> and books everywhere and like incense burning. I don't know. But yeah. Um, she, she was just really interesting. She talked to me like an adult and like, um, yeah, just, I don't know. It, it's so fascinating until you've been in a room where you just sit kind of like this for an hour and just mm. talk. Yeah. Um, with no judgment on the other side, they just listen. Yeah, they they're not there to impart their view or their opinion, um, or anything like that. It was very much like they listen to what you have to say, and then they give you a few ideas of, like you know, it could be anything like where these feelings might be coming from, or um, have you thought of it this way, or you know, like mm-hmm. I don't know. They don't. They're very clever. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they're magicians. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, you know, and it really helps. And then um, I even, like, when I was at uni, I went back to see a counsellor, not for any, like, big issue. I just um, I just remember there was a stage where I was just feeling really blue. Um, and my uni were really good. They gave you, like, 10 free counselling sessions. Um, so, yeah, I just signed up for them. And, again, they had just 10. Um, um, but again she just really helped me to kind of understand where my emotions were coming from at the time and I came out of it feeling a lot better Mm. um and um yeah and then um how many years ago now like in um a few years ago anyway Mm. um I um found out that um my ex-boyfriend um committed suicide which was the real like life-changing moment really um I you know you spend I I don't even know like everyone everyone deals with these things differently but like I I at some point in my life I've become one of these people who's just like you just pick his, you just have to keep going. You just pick yourself up and you have to keep going. That's my coping mm. mechanism. Mm. Um, and, you know, so I had my few weeks, like, lying in a ball on the floor, crying my eyes out with God knows how many bottles of wine. <laughs> um, and then, you know, I picked myself up and I, like, I um, found out um, one of my best friends was um, getting married. Um, she was married to an Aussie guy. Um and they were getting married in Bali. Um, so obviously I wanted to go out for the wedding anyway. So I just booked a one-way ticket. And I was like, Oh, it gives me goosebumps. Yeah, I'm just, goodbye. <laughs> um, just I, what you needed, honey. Yeah, and I think it was one of those things as well where I was just like, the more people I tell, then I have to do it. Mm. So I just kept telling people that that's what I was going to do. I just mm. told everyone, like, literally, I was like, I'm going to travel in a sec, goodbye. <laughs> And it wasn't until like, I was literally in the car on the way to the airport with my sister. I wouldn't even let my mum take me to the airport because I knew it would be, like, too much. Mm. So my sister drove me, and I remember just sitting in the car, like, tears, just silent tears coming out of my face, like, what am I doing? Oh. <laughs> like, I'm leaving my whole world behind. I had this, like, really good job, like, really nice place to live and, you know, like, really good friends. And then, yeah, I'm just buying a one-way ticket to Bali but here we go and um mm-hmm. yeah and then um like prior to all of this um after I finished uni I um I got a job working for a recruitment company in London which was like one of the <laughs> the worst six months of my life I've never felt so like why am I here <laughs> 
I would turn up to work and just be like, I don't even know what I'm doing. <laughs> like, I just tap away at my computer pretending I'm doing something for eight hours a day and then just go home. Um, but yeah, it was, it was draining. And because I was commuting from my hometown up to London. So mm-hmm. I was commuting, it was like door to door two hours. So that's like four hours a day of just traveling. I was getting no vitamin D, no sunshine, and, like, sunshine is, like, yeah. so important to me. Mm. And, um, like, I even remember my grandma giving me these, like, vitamin D supplements. She's like, I think you might need these. <laughs> You're looking really pale. <laughs> oh, I'll take care of You care about me not insulting the way I look. <laughs> No, bless her. Like, yeah, I, I, I agreed with her. Like, I honestly, I felt ill. I was just, like, pale well mm. um anyway and one of the ladies in the building that I worked at she um was a yoga teacher and so I persuaded her to start um <laughs> teaching us um in the morning before work so that I kind of just had like done something with my day that wasn't you know transport and pretending yeah. to work <laughs> yeah yeah um and I just honestly like I'm still in touch with her now um she is I don't know if you've ever had that connection with someone. I imagine you have. You're quite a, like, energy person as well. But, like, mm-hmm. I've never felt so, like, every class with her was, like, she could just read my mind. Like, it was just so, I felt so connected to her. And um, mm-hmm. and then when I left um, that company, that job, I said to her, we're back. Yeah. Yay. <laughs> <laughs> a brief interlude. <laughs> yeah. Um, you persuaded her to do yeah. yeah so I told her I was like one day I'm like I want to do my yoga teacher training um, mm-hmm. I'm gonna do it um I just wanted to be able to make other people feel what she had made me feel like so just like in such a like negative depressing period of my life she was just this like hour of fresh air like mm-hmm. I just always felt so good so energized so much I could just I just see the difference in myself after doing these classes and it was like this magic potion it was wonderful mm-hmm. um and yeah and then like obviously like fast forward again years have gone by still haven't done my teacher training <laughs> and, and then um yeah so went traveling ended up um um, after Bali, um, did a little bit of Asia, and I was in this in this yoga. I went traveling pretty much by myself afterwards um, after the wedding in Bali, and um, and I was in this yoga studio in Thailand, I think, I don't know, somewhere in Asia, yeah. and I I just remember crying. Like I just like done this class, and it just bore out so much emotion. I was just crying, and I was thinking to myself like why am I carrying on this little bit of traveling when just because it's like what everyone does, it's like the route that everyone takes around like Thailand, Vietnam, Cambodia, Laos. And like, you know, it was like, why don't I just go somewhere else? Like where I know people, I don't know, might feel more comfortable. And I had a friend, again, one of those people where you just connect straight away. Mm. Like I had only worked with I worked like three an event with her for like three days um in my hometown um and just like loved her so much we just had so much fun and I'd kept in contact with her through Facebook and everything um and so and she moved to New Zealand and so I messaged her and I was just like um 
what? Like, <laughs> <laughs> can I come to New Zealand? <laughs> or like, I'm thinking of coming to New Zealand. Can you, Where like, are you kidding? <laughs> um, and yeah, and she let me like crash on her sofa for like five weeks or something and just helped me get set up. Um, I went to New Zealand and I just have never felt so at suddenly home. at home mm. and at peace. And just there's something about the air there, like the, oh, it's just heavenly. Um, so I was in Queenstown in New Zealand for two and a half years. Um, and yeah, I, like it was obviously New Year's the other day and me and Adam were um, playing the game of like of the last decade or what would you like do differently? What were your best bits? What were your best bits? And um, with the what would you do differently? My, my biggest one was like, I would never have left New Zealand. <laughs> like, <laughs> I don't know what was going on in my head to make me leave there. But, um, but yeah, it was incredible. And then I finally just plucked up the courage to go and do it. And I messaged Bessie, my teacher from London. Yeah. Um, and I was like, who did you do your teacher training with? Because if they trained you, then I want to be trained by them. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so I flew to India um, for a month um, and trained with the yoga people. And it was honestly the most life-changing thing I've ever done where did you train in India um it was in Goa um yeah and it was I I don't know what it is like I can honestly not recommend doing it more to anyone like it or to everyone what was Mm -hmm. the phrase I'm trying to say I can't recommend it more More to everyone to everyone yeah um probably not the best person (laughs) 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 um yeah totally like like, even if you don't want to be a yoga teacher just spending 12 hours on your mat every day you cannot hide from yourself yeah and I I, like honestly the person who flew to India and the person who flew back are two different people like I have never I think like I said like anger had been my like go-to emotion I think that's what was keeping me upright all those years right and I don't think I'd even ever acknowledge the PTSD. I don't think I'd ever really acknowledge any of that stuff since I was 16. And this is like 10 years later now, mm. or, you know, 12 years later. And um, and I, I had tried to go to counselling after what happened with um, my boyfriend um, and before going travelling because I didn't want to be taken away with me, but I don't mm. think it was there yet. Like it hadn't really set in I was still numb you know so like grief was ongoing Mm. um you know and I think it was too fresh at that point that there wasn't much healing that could be done yet so it didn't really help and um yeah and then anyway you know you just just like I said keep 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 plodding along just keep going keep going um just keep swimming swimming (laughs) 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 Far away. <laughs> um, yeah, and I did this month all this yoga, just me and my thoughts and my brain and my practice. And I've never, I, I hadn't cried in like what since it happened. I literally hadn't cried. Like I, I remember this evening sitting with my sister at hers once and being like, "Okay, we're gonna make me cry this evening. Like we're just, we're gonna put on all the sad films. We're gonna drink <laughs> so much wine. I'm gonna be an emotional wreck, and we're gonna talk about really sad stuff until I cry." And I just, I just, it was like my tear ducts had like shriveled up, and just like disappeared. I, I had no, no sadness. Like sadness just wasn't an emotion in me. It was like blocked off. Yeah, I don't know and. I just 
on my yoga mat. I just cried and I cried and I cried and I've never stopped crying since really. Oh my god, I'm now like, you, like open Yeah, the, oh. I'm like an emotional wreck now. I'm like No, you cried everything. Um but, you're listening now. Yeah, and I, I think that that just that that really stark obvious difference from not being able to cry to mm. like feeling something sad and crying, mm. which is such a natural response. It was obvious that something had really shifted. Oh yeah. Um and yeah, and just so much healing happened there. Um and you know, I think that was just the start of it. And and it, you know, I, I just this yoga practice just has this way. I mean, not that people normally practice 12 hours a day, but like, you know, just I, it has this way of bringing things out of you. Meditation, just spending time breathing, yeah. literally breathing, um, just remembering to inhale and exhale mm-hmm. is like something we just don't do. Yeah. We don't, we don't even think about it. Well, our body's just plodding along doing this thing. Like, yeah, I, I remember, like, because I did another teacher training this year, just in Canada, mm-hmm. um, and it was pretty anatomy-focused. And I remember doing this one bit on um, the circulatory system, like the heart and stuff, and I remember my, just having this, like, like eureka moment or, like, what – I don't even know if that's the right term, but, like, this moment of just, like, oh, like an epiphany. God. Yeah, yeah, like an epiphany. Yeah. Exactly. But, like, we literally are fascinating. <laughs> like our body is just doing all this stuff all the time without us yeah. asking it to like my heart is beating and my lungs are pumping and my body's digesting what I've eaten and my brain is doing like a bazillion different things and it's just like we just don't take care of ourselves we mm. don't think about it and you know that's part of why I started going vegetarian you know, I was thinking about what I'm actually putting in me mm. yeah like I I, you know, we don't know that all these pesticides, all these chemicals, all these antibiotics they're pumping into the meat and the dairy and even the vegetables, you know, Mm. it's like, like, we don't really know what they're doing to us. Shit, shouldn't have eaten that burger. (laughs) She's just had a McDonald's before we talked about this. Fuck. (laughs) But like, honestly, like, we don't, we don't think about what these things are doing to us you know it's just a food and we eat it and we put it in our mouth and then our body digests it and you know, yeah to us, that's it because we don't see the inside yeah. so what we don't see we're like ah oh, it's not there but yeah, yeah exactly. you're right you know and I think um I think you know that can have a big impact I don't know I don't know if there's any I've never read any science on it but like you know that's like one big change I've made in my life to you know, like, obviously, like, I'm big behind climate change and that kind of stuff, too. And that was mm-hmm. what got me starting to think about it. But then I started reading these books on, like, you are what you eat kind of things. And I'm like, oh, yeah. okay. <laughs> <laughs> just water for me, then. <laughs> yeah. I just turned into a Big Mac. <laughs> and I'm now drinking lemonade. <laughs> um, but, yeah, no, it's... um. It's just one one of the like big things that has definitely helped me to to heal. Yeah. Um, I think um, that yoga that is not becoming vegetarian. <laughs> <laughs> that could be, it could be, but it's could right. Be. It's right what could you're be. saying. Food choices, yeah. like it makes a different a difference in how and it affects your mood as well. Yeah, yeah definitely, definitely. Um, yeah, it's 
it's very interesting. And obviously, you know, I, I don't want to go down the whole, um, like, vegetarian, vegan debate and all that kind of stuff because I, you know. We'll do that on like, episode Yeah, episode that's, that's another episode. <laughs> Um, Which I'd be but, very interested in. Yeah. Please come back. We can talk about that. Yeah. Um, yeah. No. Like it. it yoga is definitely. It, it's. It's helped me to heal. It's helped me to open myself back up and and start to to come to terms with everything. You know, I think there was a lot of deep set feelings even towards um, the accident that happened when I was sixteen. Like I didn't even. I hadn't acknowledged for like 12, 13 years that you know, like I had survivor's guilt and, mm. you know, and, you know, these things that impact your life and you're just so unaware of them. And it takes that moment, or not just moment, like it takes many, many moments of sitting with yourself, sitting with your thoughts, sitting with your, your, yeah, yourself really and looking yourself in the mirror, looking mm. yourself in the eye and saying like, what the fuck am I doing? Mm. What is, what's going on here? And, you know, and I honestly believe it's, through a lot of the people I've met since traveling that you know and especially on my teacher training my god like that's not my stories to share but some of the things that some of the other girls um in my training shared with me is just like wow like there are some strong strong people out there mm-hmm. um yeah um and you know everyone has their something something that they're overcoming something that they're dealing with um you know nothing is smaller than any other Mm -hmm. you know everyone just deals with in different ways and you know and what happened to ollie um my my ex-boyfriend he um you know is is something i i can't understand Mm -hmm. um but um you know at some point you just have to there's nothing you can do to change it. And I think that's what I spent a lot of years um, thinking is, you know, what could I have done differently? You know, when we broke up, we, he was not suicidal. Mm. So, you know, like, was it, did I have a part to play in it? You know, all these thoughts that mm. go through your head and, you know, they're not healthy thoughts. They're they're toxic thoughts, you yeah. know, and that's only going to lead you down one path. None they're um, not serving you. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, and there's only only so much you can do. And, um, you know, everyone has to live their own life, um, you know, and you've just got to try and, you know, you see all these things. It's like, just be kind, be kind to people, be, mm-hmm. you know, and that's all you can do. It's literally the best you can do. It's just not, you know, I think especially girls, I don't know if it's like innate within us to like bitch you know, and, like, make judgments on people, and, um, you know, it's, it's hard, I, I do it all the time, I still do it now, <laughs> like, you know, you can't help yourself, um, it is just natural, but, you know, it's, like, everyone, everyone has their, their thing that they're dealing with, you know, you don't know what's going on behind closed doors, yeah. um, like, you know, even, even some, to be honest, the person who is reacting to you, you know, who is angry in front of you or something like that, you know, there's reasons for that. You know, somebody who's rude to you, they're not rude because they're a horrible person. They're rude because they're dealing with something. They're dealing with something. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, um, nobody's born just a horrible, vile human. <laughs> like, no. you know, it all comes from somewhere. No. Um, you know, and it's, um, yeah, 
I've gone off on one of those tangents where I don't know where I am now. <laughs> well, you're, you're explaining the importance of of understanding humans and human behaviour and, and you know, it's it's a very important point that you've made that it's it's very important to be present with everyone that you're with because most of the time it's just other people outwardly projecting yeah. what they're dealing with. And yeah. we see it every day at the spa with yeah. guests and people on the phone yeah. and in any any company, any yeah. organisation when you're in customer service, yeah. we, all, we all deal with it. Yeah. And sometimes we're in. Sometimes we can stand in our power and objectively look at the situation and go, "Okay, this isn't about me. Yep. I need to now show this person that I can support them and try and help yep. turning it around so they don't feel like they're being attacked." Because yep. obviously, there's something going on here. Yep. And if I fight it with them, then it's only going to fuel the fire. It's just going to keep getting yep. bigger. But if I'm there, like the day that I was having, when was it? Something was happening at work and. Um, I was at the front and I remember you coming to me and you were like, are you okay? Mm. And it was just that, that's all I needed to hear. Yeah. Are you okay? And then instantly you just feel, oh, I am now. I am because someone's just checked in. Yeah. And, it's, and yeah, and, it, and it's like you, you, you just, you, you reminded that. And I think sometimes we get angry because we forget and we think that there's no one there to hold us. Yeah especially when you're away from home and all it takes is someone to say, are you okay? And that's all someone needs or even not even saying those words, but showing that. And I think that's, yeah, that's what you're saying, like to be present with, with people. And I think that's part of, I mean, I obviously, I haven't, I haven't experienced loss like that or being amongst, um, you know, an event or a situation like that. But I think it, it, it's even, it's more important, like, to be able to separate the two because at the end of the day we're all humans and we're all, we all just want to be loved. Yeah. That's it. All we need is love. Like one of the, you reminded me actually earlier when you said um, about, um, you know, being strong and people being strong, like, one of the um, one of the things we did um, after um, um, Ollie took his own life, we started raising money for a charity called Calm, which is like a British charity um, that campaigns um, against male suicide, um, and they have a lot of stats about it, a lot of information, um, um, and. Yeah, we, um, me and some of his friends, we uh, did just like a 10K run um, in London, um, but we're all sponsored to do it. And I raised... After you had your fitness up? Yeah, yeah. (laughs) This is after I could run for more than two minutes. See? Everything happens for a reason. (laughs) And um, I raised thousands of pounds. Thousands of pounds because not from, you know, because I was promoting it so well, but just from how much the story touched so many people and not because of, of my story, but because of someone they know mm. themselves, their brother, their sister, their best friend, their dad, their mom, like their uncle, their auntie, like, mm. like the amount of people who, you know, I used to go to school with and hadn't spoken to in 10 years who reached out and sponsored money oh. for this charity because, and um, would share their story with me in private, you know? And it's like, and I have never felt so overwhelmed with just like love for these people. Mm. Like it was just incredible. Like 
<laughs> how people just carry, you know, like stay strong and yeah. and we just don't realize how common it is as well, you know, and that's just me, one person in my little circle that spreads out mm. of people that I've known, you know, and then you've got all the other people who are raising money, you know, in their circle, you mm. know, and it's like, it's incredible how, how many people are actually dealing with this kind of stuff, you know, and, you know, you think, I don't know, like I just, until it happened, I had never really heard stories of suicide or anything like that. It was something you saw in like, I don't know, like you just didn't really hear about, um, you know, big things like that. And mm. suddenly, suddenly after that, just like, it was just everywhere for me. Like, yeah. um, and not necessarily suicide, but just, just mental health problems generally people who are yep. really struggling you know and a lot of it as well as depression and anxiety not um you know like I don't really know anything about bigger mental health issues so big is the wrong word to use but you know as in like schizophrenia yeah like I don't really have any knowledge on anything like that but depression and anxiety is just everywhere and mm-hmm. I read once in this I can't remember where, where I read it but it was something about you know that when we became humans like cavemen you know we were we were monkeys you Mm. know we were living in caves and in trees and out there in the world and then suddenly this day and age we're like trapped in these walls Mm. you know with glass windows and you know no real daylight or sunlight we don't play we don't play anymore we don't do any of these things that we need innately are in us you know we we put on our uniforms and we go to work and then, you know, we watch TV and then we go to sleep and then we do it all over again the next day. And it's like, it's not, it's not healthy. No, I don't think that's no. just my personal opinion. Deep I opinion. agree. Yeah. 2020. <laughs> <laughs> don't quote me. Sign. <laughs> <laughs> don't quote me. I just, I just don't, I, like honestly like some I have two Instagrams um and one of mine is just all about like breath movement hike swim yoga just get outside somewhere do something like throw yourself in the lake like you know the hot car relax that we do at the spa you know yes find a freezing cold lake and jump in Um, you know, it's just incredible. Like I, that feeling I get, I always forget it as well. It's insane. Like how easily the mind just goes back into lazy mode. Like, Mm. like I'll go running and I'll feel freaking amazing. Mm. And then the next day I'll be like, should I get for a run? I did it yesterday. (laughs) Yeah. Surely that counts for the next month. Yeah. You know, and then I start to feel sluggish and more lazy and lethargic. And then my thoughts get more negative and everything. And then a month goes by and then I go for a run again. I'm like, oh, I feel great. <laughs> I've got the fresh air in my lungs. I feel like my skin feels all fresh and everything. And the next day, nah, I can't be bothered. <laughs> like, you know, yeah. we just get in this bad cycle, you know. And, like, I think, you know, just I honestly, like, fresh air and vitamin D has just so much dance support in the positive way like it just Mm. is incredible um for me anyway it's been such a source like running yoga am I like anytime I'm feeling blue and the worst the worst 
thing is that like when you're feeling that way the last thing you want to do is put your trainers on and go for a run or like yeah um you know like go down to a yoga studio and have to deal yeah. with the other 20 yogis in the room or whatever it's like yep um but if you just take that time even just 10 minutes 10 minutes just walk around the block yeah or you know like just go to the shop and buy some milk and come yep. back or whatever like um just giving yourself some breathing space out in the fresh air it's like it I I don't know it's just something from being in New Zealand where the earth just felt so I just felt so connected to it like um like I just I just wanted to be outdoors all the time time. yeah no matter what the weather whereas in England it's it's such bad weather but it's (laughs) it's true though Dee it is like it's it's very interesting that you you raise that point about like innate is that what you said like that's that's in us and it's true because I'm the same like I almost like when I came to Whistler I came to heal not for this like this I love the snow but I came just to be surrounded by the mountains Mm -hmm. because I just needed to heal and I instantly as soon as I was out of the city and into the forest like even some days I'll just walk across the road and just down into the bush and just sit and then I can breathe again it's amazing how much nature can just relax and yeah. change everything and it's like yeah. all we have to do is listen yeah. all we have to do is go within and listen to what we want turn off your yeah. fucking phone oh my God, yes. turn off your computer turn off your tv yeah. just go outside and yeah. just be because there's so many of us I mean I can't sit here and say oh this is why mental health happens no yeah. I don't have the answers for that but the way that my interpretation is like if there's any way that we can um I mean my going a little bit off track here my stepdad which I would love to sit with and talk to he suffers from very deep depression and he has since I was seven and I've watched him go through it and you know the hours that he has to sleep and the hours that he's awake and how he you know it's very um it's very hard to watch when you can see someone struggling like yeah. that and it's like you say to them, what can I do to help? And yeah. they just, there's nothing yeah. because they don't even know. Yeah. And it's just being there for them and and having and for them to know that you're there to support them. But I think even like I said to him one day, just go outside. Just go out. Let's just go stand yeah. outside. Like it was that hard, like yeah. even just to get from the couch to the balcony. Yeah. It, it was, you know, let's, we can do this. Yeah. And just breathing in that fresh air and taking that in, yeah. it, it does, it's a, it's a miracle. Yeah. Because it's, you know, and, and unless you've, you've experienced anxiety, depression, anything, there's no scale. It, it's yeah. all, it's all together. It's all yeah. the same thing. We can't, we can't, we don't know what yeah. it feels like. Yeah. Um, and it is very hard, but I think, you know, that's why I was so excited to, to have this chat with you because I think it's really important for everybody to, to really check in now and have a look, like, look at yourself, look, just look at yourself and what you're doing in your life and how, like, are you, are you living authentically and are you living true to the person you are? Yeah. Or are you trying to create a version of yourself that you think people would prefer? Yeah. Yeah. Because one, that's not helping you and it's also not helping anybody else. Yeah. So I think in order for us to to help each other, 
the best thing that we can do possible is just be more present in our own lives yeah. for ourselves, and yeah. just come back to ourselves and say, you know what, this isn't me. Yeah. Like I've done it too, like the heels and the dress and the, like when I was dating my ex, I tried to follow in the footsteps of his family and, you know, he comes from a, he came from a very different world to me where my, you know, I was raised by my dad from when I was 17 and oh, a little bit, when did I move to my dad's? No, no, seven. And my dad's a landscape gardener and he comes from the north and he's just like, get a mate, like yeah. the King G shorts and the ripped T-shirt. My dad's a full bogan. Doesn't full, wear shoes. No, full on bogan. Dress is lovely when he goes out. Two different people. But I, try, I changed who I was yeah. because I thought I had to fit in and I mm. thought I wouldn't be accepted yeah. into that family if I didn't change who I was. Yeah. And I think a lot of us do that and yeah. this is where it starts. Yeah. Oh, 100%. Like, I think that's why I I was so at peace when I finally arrived in New Zealand and I'd never realised it before leaving. It wasn't, like, something I'd thought about before. I just knew I wasn't comfortable being in the UK or being at home anymore. And, and just that freedom to just be authentically me with no one judging mm. me because when you're travelling, if you meet someone and they don't like you, you just don't see them again. That's it. <laughs> I don't, I don't know why it's yeah. not that simple at home, but it's just like, you know, I've had the same friends for like so many years, um, you know, and we're like, I don't know. And just suddenly I was living in this world where it was like, like just new people all the time. Yeah. And and I, I wasn't pretending to be some someone else. I was finally being me yeah. and unapologetically me. Like yeah. I genuinely didn't care if people didn't like me. Yeah. I was just like, so what? Well, so they're not going to be my best friend. Yeah, you can be my best friend instead. Like you know, I get on with you, and then like yep. you know, you find a group, and and that becomes your new life. And it's like, yeah, I just never, never. I, I, it took that to suddenly realize that I hadn't been being myself back mm. then. That I'd been, I'd been living this life that I didn't want to live, and being this person that I didn't want to be yeah um and yeah and don't get me wrong I haven't I haven't changed changed like I'm still me I just I just you're authentically you don't yeah I just don't care as much and I'm and I think as well it's interesting when you see when you see the the essence of somebody like their real core shine through. Yeah. Like I was saying in my post, like you you carry a light and you and it and it you, like you spread it to other people because you are D. Like you you are you, yeah. and it's very interesting that in this world that we live in where everyone's trying to be someone else, how much we crave it yeah. when we see someone that is so authentically them. It's yeah. so inspiring, and then everyone's it's like they haven't had water for three yeah. days. Yeah. And it's like that's very interesting yeah. that when you see someone that is authentically being themselves, yeah. it's like how do I get there? Yeah, I have tried to explain this to my boyfriend Adam so many times because it's like <laughs> when I first met him, it wasn't him that I was drawn to. It was his energy. Mm. He was just so vibrant but, like, authentically vibrant. He was just so happy, happy in himself. Yeah. So genuinely happy and comfortable just being him. Yeah. And I was so drawn to that just yeah. so like and it wasn't even like uh like a boyfriend girlfriend attraction at that point it was just a I just want to be around you mm. I just want to be in your presence because yeah. you are giving up such freaking good vibes like, and I don't mean <laughs> get that me the, on the train yeah. I don't mean that in the cliche yes, I did. Yeah. <laughs> it was just no 
I did, how do I get some of that? You know, that Harry Met Sally like moment. Oh, oh well, he's having yeah and and you know there are so many people like that I think you know you're saying that I am and the outlets that mm. I have found work for me like and you know and um there's a lot of people who do need to um take medication or um you know or talk therapy and things like that and I cannot um praise more talk therapy like it's just wonderful it's fascinating and wonderful Mm. and um you know there's cognitive behavioral therapy which is about changing your thought patterns which is such a again just fascinates me you know the mind is so so malleable yeah um it's so you know it really is like you're we are just these like cells, these beings, and you know the the things that we see are our thoughts. You yeah. know, like you know, you can be looking at something and you either see this beautiful flower, or you see, oh my god, there's so much snow, I'm so cold. Like you know, or like yeah. whatever. Like yeah. you know, you know, that's such a lame example, but you know what I'm trying to say. Like no, you I know, your your the things you are seeing out there are your projections. Yeah. Um. And like, I I always think my dad is like a great other example. Not I'm not saying that my dad's depressed or anything like that. He went through a um like a, a rough patch, we'll call it. Yeah. Um. Um. In his life, and he, I, when I was a teenager, I just can't even remember how old it was. I went through a phase where I decided I want to play the saxophone, and he spent thousands of pounds buying me a brand new saxophone. <laughs> and then obviously, as you do, a few months later, I was like, yeah, I don't want to play the saxophone anymore. <laughs> So we just had this saxophone, really expensive saxophone lying around the house, um, not getting used. And anyway, he just picked it up one day. Um, and this was how many years ago now? 15 years ago, maybe. And now that is his life. Oh, my goodness. Literally, he and the the dad I speak to after he's been in the studio and had a really good jam session or like, you know, or like has been to a gig and like loved it, you know, and how vibrant he is talking Mm. about that and everything, you know, compared to, um, you know, times when he might not be feeling quite himself, you know, it's just, just two different people. Like, Mm. and you know, and, and so for him, music is his therapy. Like that's the thing that gives him the kick up the butt. And just like, he was in this, um, I just you know, have a little proud daughter moment like mm. um he's in a ska band and I went to see him a few times when I was back in the UK and he just just a different person up there just this like confidence and just mm. smile and again energy and mm-hmm. that he's giving off just like just so comfortable and, and yeah just yeah I'm here and I'm I'm playing this music and it's making me happy yeah and um yeah, you know, and I think like art, you know, as well, just mm-hmm. anything that can get stuff out. out. Yeah. You know, paint. Go I I remember after after everything had happened with Tally when I was um sixteen, the the um accident then, I remember being at school with my friend Maddie and we were in the art department and we just put these like canvases or like pieces of paper outside and we literally were just like throwing paint at this like yes and obviously Maddie's way more creative than me and has ended up as a beautiful picture (laughs) mine was still just like paint thrown at a piece of paper but you know (laughs) doesn't matter it's therapeutic yes it's just you know anything I I just I don't know I keep thinking about just that running screaming shouting playing 
you know, go to a handstand, go jump in the lake and just, you know. Yeah. It, get it out. Yeah. Yeah. And we're yeah. all, I think we're all creative. Like we are all creative in our own way, every single human being. And I think people that say, no, I'm not creative. It's because they're comparing, like they're looking at what their definition of yeah. creativity is. It's like, yeah. oh, I'm not an actor. I'm not a singer. I'm not a dancer. I'm not an artist. And that seems to be what creative is. Yeah. It's like, no, you're missing the point. Yeah. Anything that you create, whether yeah. it's a sound, whether yeah. it's like a conversation, writing, writing yeah anything is yeah. like doctors nurses are all creating yeah. things whether it's like a way to ban you know like yeah. we're all creators yeah. so and we need to get it out and some people you know like I don't know what it is I don't know what it is find it yeah. like or not even find it like just just connect with yourself just sit and listen yeah. and you will be okay yeah that's all you have to do. Yeah. Just just listen. Don't yeah. listen to what's going on out there because everyone else's journey is so different to yours yeah. that you're never going to understand somebody else's footprints ever. Yeah. And you're not meant to. Otherwise, this world be, yeah. would be as boring as fuck. Yeah. So just listen and don't compare and then it'll all be good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I um, As well, like I think with the listening um, side of things, like mm. I think – a lot of people find it very hard to help people, others who have, who are suffering, who are mm. dealing with depression, anxiety. You know, when I was with Ollie, I was with him for nearly, nearly four years, like three and a half years, and and it was every day, every mm. day it was a conversation, um, and um, you know the the greatest thing you can do is just just listen yeah literally just don't impart your opinion yeah at all like sometimes if they ask or yeah. sometimes it's relevant yeah but you know like literally just sitting there and going fuck yeah man that's tough yeah but thank you for sharing that with me yeah um you know it, it just means so much like yeah. my my best friend um lily she is my rock my absolute rock and um, you know, and she, I was trying to explain this because to Adam, because he, he's such a boy and mm. he always has to fix. He's got to find the solution to my problems. And I'm like, <laughs> but my problems are irrational. There is no solution. A lot of men. A lot of men. Um, whereas, I don't know, maybe women just have a more of a empathetic nature. And, you know, and like, he's always like saying to me, because I open up to my best friend Lily and my mom a lot. And, He's like, you know, what are they doing differently? Why are you okay with, like, what they're telling you and not what I'm telling you? And it's because it's they're not telling me anything. Yeah. They're literally just sat there going, fuck. Yeah. Or laughing with me or crying with me or just going, like. I'm here for you. Yeah. Yeah. Like, they're not really changing anything. They're just letting me have a space to hold space. my face. Yes, that's, that's and, what I mean. Yeah. And, and not, no judgment. Judge. Yeah, you know the only judgment is a oh god I just did that same thing <laughs> yeah yeah um, or you know I know exactly how you feel I've had that same thought or yeah you know that's the only like conversation piece around it it's just you know like I am or even if you, they haven't you know it's just that fuck I, I want to give you a cuddle right now yeah um yeah it's it's it goes a long way just opening up just space for someone, someone the space to open up their things which essentially is what talk therapy is doing not cbt or any of the things where they're trying to 
retrain your brain in any specific way but talk therapy is literally just someone sat in a room listening to you and guiding your thoughts yeah helping you piece them together and like hearing you say them I think as well like just hearing yourself say it out loud like getting it out of here and just putting it all out and then it's like it's like my dad used to say to me hope in order for you to look at the situation you need to step out of it and then you can look back in yeah and then you can observe and go, oh, okay, yeah. but when you're in it, you can't see anything. Yeah. And it's the same with your thoughts. They're yeah. just circling around and well, it's again, like. again, because all you can see is this jumble of thoughts. Yeah. So none of them are sticking or making any sense. It's just blah, Yeah, and, and that's head. stressful. And then and then you stand there and then you start talking and talking and then you go off on these tangents and these things. And you're like, where, where did all this suddenly come from? I didn't even know I felt half this stuff. Yeah. Now I'm saying it. Yeah, <laughs> and then it's out. And I think as well for, for people to, you know, that that think they have to say something back, you don't. Mm. And I think that's why some people avoid the conversation because they, like my best friend back home, um, well, we're no longer friends now, but when we were, um, I was very good at listening. Mm. But unfortunately, you know, she struggled with how to just just be there. And it was just because she just didn't know, Mm. didn't know how. And anytime I would go and say, I just need you to listen, it was very uncomfortable for her because she wanted to be able to help by saying something back, mm. but didn't know what to say. And I was like, I don't need you to say anything. I just, yeah. I just, I just need my best friend just to sit with me yeah. so I can offload. Yeah. That's all I need. Yeah. And then just hug me and tell me it's going to be okay. Yeah. That's it. <laughs> don't say anything. Just hug me, cry with me and tell yeah. me it's okay. Yeah. I'll get it off my chest and then we'll go play Scrabble or something. Yeah. I don't know. I'll have a glass of wine. Like, I'll be sweet. I just, that's all I need. Yeah. But I think a lot of people has not hesitate, but they kind of duck it or mm-hmm. try and avoid people that are going through a hard time because no one knows how to address yeah. what's really going on. And it's like, Completely. we don't, yeah. we don't need you to say anything. Yeah. We just need you to be comfortable be enough nice. to just sit there and be yeah. like, you know what? Make this is tea. life. My God. Tea is the answer. To tea. Just make me a freaking cup of tea. Yeah. A biscuit yeah. wouldn't be too much to ask for either. <laughs> I, no, like I honestly know what you're saying. Like when everything happened with Ollie, it was obviously such a dramatic situation that like, people didn't know what to say to me they, yeah. they didn't know what to say because I mean what the fuck can you say there is nothing you can say that's right there is no right thing to say when someone's no. dealing with um <laughs> hang on a minute we've got an alarm going off <laughs> oh what's it time for so my alarm goes off at random times I haven't set a single <laughs> alarm on that watch but somehow I've managed to and so now they go off at different times in the day. <laughs> One's at 7.17. 7.17? Yeah, 717. maybe. Oh, very exact. <laughs> yeah, it goes off 7.17. No idea how to turn the fucking thing off. And the other one goes off at 2.30 in the morning. That's always fun. I like that one. Not like, ah! <laughs> um, sometimes. Sometimes I can hear it. <laughs> um, but, yeah, like, I, um, I, I found it, it, like, interesting that some, some people just – don't just know what to don't, say. Don't know what to say. And, yeah, it's just, I, just you know. You don't need to say nothing. anything. Yeah. <laughs> there is no right thing to say. There is no right thing to say. No. You just, and you'll just feel awkward. 
anything you do say. So just sit there. Just sit there. And even if you don't talk about that situation, just like I remember because I was living by myself um, for just like a brief month. Um, my housemate had moved out, but the lease wasn't ending for another month yeah. in the house that I was in. So I was literally living by myself as well. And I remember like my auntie and uncle came around one night and we weren't, we weren't talking about like what had happened. We were just having some food and put a film on. I, it was just nice to have some company. Yeah. You know, and then like, you know, my, it was around the time of my birthday as well. And Lily, my best friend, she came down for the day just to like take me out for lunch and yeah. things like that. And it was just like, you know, just, just, that's all you need. It doesn't need to be awkward or uncomfortable. It can yeah. just literally be a case of like, if I need to cry, let me cry. If I want to talk about something else, let's talk about something else. Like, yeah. I'm not going to force you to then sit there and talk about your feelings or like try and yeah. tell me why this had happened or anything. Yeah. Like, it's, it's just such a creepy chat. I know. <laughs> Mine too. <laughs> Um, it's part of the podcast now. Yeah. <laughs> We're not doing a thing not to get. <laughs> not that you can see. Um, yeah, just, yeah, I don't know. It's, a, it's an interesting one, but here, like, yeah. No, I think it's, uh, it's, it's, yeah, the more, like, the more we dive into it, I think it, it makes more sense that, I, I think, like, if there is anything that I can, you know, say to any, you know, anyone, and hopefully people are, you know, listening. Um, Three hours later. <laughs> yeah. This is a great episode, so you best be. Um, is that you don't need to have an answer. You don't, there's no perfect way. You Like, you, we're not looking for people to fix us. We're not looking for you to find a solution or have like, it's like because we live in this world where every, there's like this facade. It's like the two faces, like mm. what you see and what I see yeah. in front of everyone behind closed doors. And it's like, how about we all just try and be who we actually are? Yeah. And when our, someone says, how are you? Are you okay? No, I'm not doing so good today. I just like a hug if that's okay. Yeah. Sure. Boom. That's it. That's all. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not asking you to fix my life. Yeah. I'm not asking you to sit down and share yeah. your life with me. And I think just, some, some other cultures there. have that so right. I can't remember if it's like Italy or Spain. Maybe it's Spain. I've got some Spanish friends, so it's probably Spain. But I remember someone telling me once, it was like, you know, in English, um, we're so like, overly polite in England so like god forbid we you know stiff up a lip we must not tell people how we feel so if someone says to you stiff up a lip yeah that's a phrase stiff wow. up a lip yeah I don't know what it means <laughs> but yeah it means essentially like you know you don't you don't show show anything you know you yeah. put on this facade and um no matter what is happening and um and you know so someone says hi how are you your response is just good how are you even if you're having the worst day of your life and uh, but someone was telling me that in Spain or Italy or wherever that you you ask someone how they are you better get ready to have like a 10 minute conversation because they are gonna tell you about their day Good. yeah and I just think it's brilliant you know and it's like I don't know yeah we should we need to start this culture here D yeah we need to do it because yeah. it is important and I think that's why like sometimes I feel like people don't want to say um it depends on the environment you're in, but sometimes I feel like there's this hesitation to tell people how you really feel because you're afraid this response is going to be, oh, this person is always having a bad day or... Yeah, but not even that. It's like make you don't want to make them feel uncomfortable. Yeah. And it's like, you know, it, it's 
you know, I feel if someone turned around to me and just told me like exactly how they were feeling, as long as it wasn't horrible about me, <laughs> I would, I would, I, I you know, thrive off that. I want to help mm-hmm. them. I'm going to be like, right, I'm putting the kettle on. Let's go sit out the back and let's yeah. talk about this. You know, I've done it for people at work. Um, yeah. You know, many, many times. Like yeah. I just. I see people and I can see when they're not being themselves and, yeah. you know, you take them out the back and suddenly tears are flowing and, you know, and all that kind of stuff. And it's, you know, and some people aren't comfortable with that. And that's also okay. You know, yeah, but, yeah exactly. You know, um, yeah. Yeah. As long as you pick, pick a person that, you know, you feel comfortable around. And yeah, and that's it. I mean, even if it's not, even if you've addressed someone that's not particularly comfortable with speaking to you, at least you can at least say, well, hey, look, here's an idea. Who is it that you feel like you can speak to? And, you know, even if there if there isn't a person that they want to, like, do you journal? Yeah. Is there some kind of outlet, even if you don't want to write? Like, I've got so many journals where it's just words. Like, I just need yeah. to get the words out of my head and onto paper and then I can close it or I'll burn it and just, like, send it out with love and be like, yeah. okay, I don't need that anymore. It's out of my head. It's clear. Like there's always a way that we can, um, that we can get this stuff out. Mm -hmm. And I think, you know, it's, it's dis ease Mm. and all we need to do is just recognize it Mm. and then we can address it. However it works for us. It doesn't have to be a certain way. Have you ever watched the Netflix documentary Heal? Oh, I was going to watch that last oh night. God. You have to watch it. The forms of therapy. So, you know, art therapy, music therapy, yoga, yes, talk Steve. therapy. Yes, you're going to do this. Acupuncture, herbal remedies, you know, whatever. Like, you know, the go stand in a padded room and scream at the top of your lungs. <laughs> you know, whatever. Whatever you be. Um, you know, like, like, yeah, just just whatever helps. Literally whatever helps. Just, just know just know that there's always there's always someone there's always someone who will listen and talk to you just like yeah it's just finding your voice i guess um which is yeah thanks d yeah. thank you so much for for like i know it's like it sounds like a, it's a cliche thing to say but thank you for being you know brave and sharing your story and you know like it for everyone that's listening, I know it's gonna, like, I think we've just raised a lot of points. And I think like, I'm glad that we've spent so much time on this because, and I could talk about it for hours and hours and hours (laughs) and hours, because it's just, it just fuels my heart with so much love. And I just, I get so excited because we need more of these conversations and we need more people like you to step forward and be like, Hey, look, this is my story. And this is how I go about things and these are this is my advice and these is my suggestions and I'm here and, and you're here and we're all here together and let's just all be here for each other yeah. and start listening to each other and, and just connecting more and understanding as human beings what we're all going through yeah. and dealing with and yeah, I'm just I'm so grateful that you you know you came to me and 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 we've had you know had this chat because I love you. Yeah. I think you're you're a wonderful person. Like I said, like you have such a bright light, and I'm so blessed that you know I got to meet you and that I get to work with you every day. Well, three days out of the four, <laughs> um, and that you know we have you in our in our lives, all of us that get to spend our days with you because. Yeah. You're amazing. Yes, so thank you. Thanks for coming on and and uh yeah, sharing your story with us. Yeah. Getting emotional. <laughs>
Bless you. <laughs> okay. I'm here for you. Yeah, <laughs> sweaty hands. Oh, really sweaty. Yeah, 